somewhere in the southern seas on earth in Seoul, some salty sea dogs are sitting around the supper table looking at a suspicious block of cheese. One of them taps it. It makes a solid sounding thud. He picks it up and drops it and it goes right through the floor. It keeps going until there's a loud crash and then the sound of water. There's a klaxon and the sound of running feet as a repair team rushes below decks to plug the hole. And the guilty party whistles innocently and turns the radio up. He's at least marginally relieved that the block has now left the ship and no one has to eat it. Just as the first mate bursts in looking a little angry, the radio crackles to life and they can hear the words. Your mics are live. Good evening, everyone. We've got plenty of room in this studio to socially distance tonight, as some of the crew have inexplicably had better offers for the evening. But not to worry, as we still have sufficient stalwarts and staunch supporters to put out our usual quality of output. We've got all the top performers tonight, uh, namely Harry Balzac. You do know it's not just cream that floats to the top, don't you? <coughs> yeah. Uh, Wilma Fingerdo. I like being on top. The apology officer. Oh, make fun of my height, why don't you? You know, I hardly ever get on top of anything. I even needed to borrow a, a wee ladder to get, get on top of this matchbox. We have Norma Snockers, who doesn't have her loo. You make me sound as bad as cow in his bathroom with the open plan ceiling. Well, OK, OK. Well, look, it's um, it, it has been a, a couple of weeks, so let me just sort of <clears throat> dig around a tiny bit and um, uh, find the right buttons. Now, how, how does this work again? What's the first thing we have to do? Um, oh, yes, it's this. Everest mounted as penguins get dog's breath. Engineers get a new ad... Visor. Hotbox can't come out to play, yes. Per lots of ardua, ad astra. What are you doing? I said kismet, Hardy. Atrus5060 tells us where to stick it to the Thargoids. Blah, blah, BGS stuff. You're not even listening, are you? Community continuity opportunity. And finally... First tonight... Tales of intrepid exploration, fuel ratting, and science above and beyond the call of duty. During the hot mess mission last year, Hutton Trucker Commander Dog's Breath, uh, apparently that condition has to do with the diet provided by his ship's cook, took it upon himself to ensure that a number of ice worlds were well and truly mugged and safe from mods. With the good ship Aurora Australis having been retired after successful completion of the mission, and turned 
quite literally into a big pile of very fancy handmade pens and the new exploration vessel not yet completed, Commander Dogsbreath commandeered the MPV Everest with a vital mission in mind. Yes, the stations were once again running low on fuel and supplies, and the scientific expedition team were in danger of going snowblind after a full season on the ice world. Loading up the Everest, Dogsbreath was joined by a team of fuel rats and supplies from Cannon Interstellar. The manifest has included a lifetime supply of Gnosis avian cheese, claimed by some to be the ultimate in survival food, much like the legendary dwarf bread described by 20th and 21st century philosopher and satirist Terence Pratchett. And I quote, The dwarf bread was brought out for inspection, but it was miraculous, the dwarf bread. No one ever went hungry when they had some dwarf bread to avoid. You only had to look at it for a moment and instantly you could think of dozens of things you'd rather eat. Your boots, for example. Mountains. Raw sheep. Your own foot. If nothing else, it can double up as ammunition for the ship's defensive cannons and even add a push be used as a door wedge to stop them banging during violent solar storms. The MPV Everest is a specially adapted fleet carrier. Smaller in size than the ones from the Brewer Corporation, MPV standing for Multi-Purpose Vehicle. It sports only a single medium-sized pad at the bow, but has a hull capable of withstanding close passes on black holes and even the odd accidental hygiene impact with an ice planet. The crew have been taken through familiarization and training whilst on the first few days of their voyage, under the watchful eye of Commander Dog's Breath, including a nice trip to the engine room, finding their space legs, and of course, watching out for passing asteroids. The fuel rat team, not needed until arrival at Casey, their destination, have been placed on watch, with the first one to successfully work out how to use the pulse wave analyzer whilst traveling in a forward direction and correctly identify a growler, winning a prize that may or may not include being allowed to not have Gnosis cock cheese gratin for dinner. As reported towards the end of last year, pilots have been hard at work convincing the engineers over in Colonia that their catalogues of available upgrades were rubbish and cheap knockoffs of the ones available in the bubble. With Operation Montgomery Scott having completed in 3306, Operation LaForge set out to bring engineering quality up to CBC standards, that's Certificate of Bubble Conformity. This rubber stamp certifies that their work is of a high enough grade to be viewed as reliable, robust and ready for action in the same way as that of their civilized cousins over in humanity's home. With a shortage of commanders in the area, at least half of them being a hanky clone, this has been a long and tiring mission, with the engineers required to perform the same upgrades over and over again in search of perfection. As with winning a Michelin star back in the 21st century, each upgrade needs to be able to match each other upgrade perfectly and be delivered time and again to the very highest standard. At the start of the campaign in November 3306, bespeckled human moleman Etienne Dorn was slacking on his warrant and manifest scanners. Swiftly bodged upgrades meant he had a hard time 
telling a galaxy from a bounty, or indeed even a Milky Way from your butterfingers. Marsha Hicks was having trouble with her limpets, and Petra Olmanova had her AFMU mixed up with her torpedo pylons, and her ECM muddled with the mine launcher, leading to some rather hilarious consequences mid-combat, after a hull seal attempted to repair a stricken ship with a torpedo, before realising, firing the ECM and promptly carpet-bombing a nearby moon. Over 200,000 tries later, and we can confirm that all three are now fully certified in the missing blueprints, and Colonia is marginally less of a backwater and a little bit more of a respectable holiday home for retired truckers. Our thanks to Commander Paul Smith III. Um, not sure if that's third generation or his clone designation. Commander Yanni V, Ian Doncaster, and everyone who helped. By the way, this Thursday, Colonia Bingo has been moved to Friday to make way for the installation of industrial sanders for your corns. Team Hotbox, along with Thumb Warriors throughout the galaxy, have turned those thumbs to the down position this week, as the Pilots' Federation revealed that the long-awaited Space Legs license and the new location landings had been struck by an unforeseen engineering challenge. It appears that the shipboard systems used by Hotbox and friends need just a little bit of extra work before they can let loose on tenuous atmospheres. Rumours that whilst the majority of the galaxy operates in federal metric, hot boxer ships were built on the old Imperial system, meaning that the 3/8 inch thickness hull plating won't fit the 10mm atmospheric coating, and their oxygen tanks can't squeeze a litre into their quarter-sized life support. In the case of a number of Hutton pilots, there are rumours that the one-size-fits-all spacesuit actually doesn't, and a number of truckers of both smaller and larger stature would end up looking like they were walking around wearing their mum's high heels or an overstuffed sausage. Or a huge overreaction to the reply to the question, does my bum look big in this flight suit? There are rumours that should anyone actually find a member of Team PS4, they're suffering similar delays, though those are down to someone losing the login key to their software systems. Understandably, everywhere except Hutton, there has been a little consternation over the, the delays, but in a masterstroke of positive news, the Pilots' Federation finally revealed that simulated testing of space legs and landings will be taking place in only a few months' time, and engineers had been dispatched to various starports to install the latest in technology in time for the thorough testing required to gain certification. The Pilots' Federation have been at pains to point out that despite popular rumour that everything would be already discovered by the time Hotbox are allowed to play, in a galaxy with over 400 billion star systems, even Commander Chicks is unlikely to manage more than an atom in an orange worth of discoveries. Recently, Commander Ad Astra, one of Operation IDA's, or is that IDA's, infantry, has decided to take a short vacation by vacating the bubble and heading out to Colonia in order to try to gain his elite rank for exploration. 
As luck would have it, he was about 70% of the way to Hanky's realm when Tharg the Mighty chose that time to rise from his slumbers and attack. Searching around for a friendly fleet carrier to speed up his return lest he arrive too late, the commander found himself bereft of a space taxi as most of the Hutton fleet carriers were either back in the bubble or already in Colonia due to remain for some time thanks to the ongoing community goal. Pausing only to remove his underpants and replace them over his flight suit, inside out of course, in order that they should last another week, Commander Montgomery Python, as usual, was up for a mission, but this time not for the glory, the points and the credits, but solely because, despite appearances, he is, deep down, a decent human being. To cut a 43-hour story short, Commander Ad Astra was rescued and returned to the bubble to save people from burning stations in the Witchhead Nebula, and Montgomery Python returned home to buff out the scratches from his 27,000 light-year trip, and to spend time counting the 76 million credits he earned from exploration along the way. Perhaps this kind of thing will catch on, and a guild of fleet carrier owners will spring up, dedicated to bringing pilots home, not because they're stranded after running out of fuel, not because their hull's about to disintegrate, not even because they've blindly jumped into a gravity well they can't get out of, but purely because they're a bit impatient. What would they call themselves? They do a lot of jumping, so you don't have to. So maybe the fretfulness flees? What is it about record breakers? You wait for nearly a whole year and two turn up at once. After Vantian dropped his glove, sorry, threw down the gauntlet, a veritable flurry of pilots attempting to beat Commander Brett Riverboat's long-held record for the hut and run was seen, at first, mostly it has to be said, by Commander Hardy. Over and over he dashed himself against the vast gulf of space on the way to Hutton, each time so close, so, so close, but as a certain handbag designer told an, a certain incumbent, no cigar. Eventually, Hardy came within one second of Riverboat's record, only to see the winning tape cruelly broken and the winner's medal snatched once more out of reach by Commander Overlight using an approach with his ship's blues and twos to knock a whole five seconds off the record. For most of us, that would be that. We'd be saying, didn't want the stupid record anyway, I was only doing it for the mugs. And kicking the wall before disappearing into the bar to see what Dreg Cecil had left for us. But not so Commander Hardy. He's made of sterner stuff. Climbing back into the saddle, then getting off and climbing into his pilot seat, he tried again, and again, and again, and again, until finally he broke the record. Unfortunately, not the new record, the old one. We congratulate Commander Overlight for a magnificent achievement, one that will go down the annals of history, but we feel that the real truckery hero of this story is Commander Hardy, who didn't give up. Just like that most Huttony of Hutton heroes was too blinded by the light seconds to know when he was beaten, and carried on until he achieved his goal. It's this kind of spirit that embodies a group of people that think nothing of making the trip to Alpha Centauri to the galaxy's most famous and most distant orbital over and over again. A group of magnificent titans that really do show the whole galaxy that we really do not have anything better to do in every sense. And so we would like to extend the mug of friendship to Commander Hardy. You fulfilled the spirit of the challenge, you kept us entertained and you really have earned yourself a hut and mug. 
Besides, Overlight already has one, so it's going spare. Please contact itookpart at huttonorbital.com and we'll make it happen. Did that tale of dogged adventure, see what I did there? Because our leader's a dog, it's a pun. Suit yourself. Inspire you? Do you think, how hard can it be? I'm sure you can do it in 45 minutes if you don't select a destination or always look out of the right-hand window or something like that. Would you make the attempt if it wasn't so lonely? You're in luck. Commander Bam has organised a mass hunt and run for the 23rd to the 24th of January and Normal will be giving us details shortly. Good evening, trackers. Is this thing live? Atrus5060 reporting in with the latest update of the Thargoid incursion now that we're solely blaming it all on Montgomery Python. While last week you were recognising the best among you with the Muggies, the Wetchhead Nebula and Coalsack Nebula were under heavy attack. Ooh. These latest incursions have resulted in some of the largest numbers of Thargoids we've ever seen. The anti-Xeno community have made a heavy decision to focus on only one nebula at a time, prioritising the recently settled Colsack Nebula first. Through many engagements, the AXI, or is it AXI, and its allies have cleared out Muscadart region PJ-PV6-1. I do like my PJs, you know. Colsack sector VUO B66 and Colsack sector KNS B49 and then quickly moved on to the Witchhead Nebula, where the combat zones are still active in, oh my goodness, there's a list, Haki at Lembas, Wellington and Ono Rose. The Thargoid presence there has been reduced to marginal, and we expect to be rid of the bugs within the next few days. Quick to respond, Operation Ida, or is it IDA, has begun repair operations out in the Colsack Nebula. Needless to say, they are some of the galaxy's most trucking truckers and always welcome help. Fleet carriers full of repair supplies have been flown out and more supplies will be needed soon to get the stations back online in the Witchhead Nebula. Speaking of Operation Ida, or maybe Auntie Ida, or Auntie Ida, Montgomery Python may have redeemed himself for causing the Thargoid invasion without rescue of Commander Ad Astra. For this, I salute you, sir. Also, Monty, please don't blow up any more Thargoids. We seriously can't afford another incursion like this one. As for the rest of you trackers, get out there and show these aliens what we're made of. Good luck out there for the mug. I've got a note here from Deadman. It says, gone to Narnia, taken warm coat, big battle, back soon. That's it. There's nothing else. Right, I'd better have a look. Um, yes, we're in war to take over a system, and yes, it started a few hours ago. It's in the Narensi system, and we want to win this one. We've been after the system for ages, apparently, and we're not giving up now. So, everyone who can shoot straight or even if you can't, make your way to Narensis and fight for the mug. Let's look at the other numbers. Uh, they're up and down more than Alvin when he's busting to be let out for a pee. Uh, Barnard Star, Epsilon Eridani and Wolf1481 need a bit of a tickle. 
We're in expansion again. Shh, don't tell Alvin. But don't worry too much about it. Uh, so, go to Barnard Star, get your eyes tested, and clear up after the Muggies after party for a bit, if you don't fancy the combat. If anyone's got a little data left that they didn't put into the going for gold, then now's the time. Drop it in those three. Over in Hanky's colon, both Doritos and Neil Procol need a bit of help. In fact, Tyr and Pythias, we, in, we need a bit of help too, so they do stuff there too. And that's it. Let's hope he doesn't come a cropper in the war zone. I'm not doing this again. Ow. We've been off the air for a little while and the excesses of Christmas have caught up with most people. But that's not stopped everyone and there are still events in the galaxy being organised by you, the Elite Dangerous community. If you were hoping to take part in Expedition Mercury's Wings, then quite frankly, why did you leave it so late? They've been going since November the 22nd, for goodness sake. Check out bit.ly slash Mercury's Wings and you can see that the last waypoint on Sunday the 17th at 1900 UTC will be around Lu Chuya and then QD618 Body 4. Once everyone's arrived, there will be a farewell address and mass jump to the after party on a planet in a nearby system where there's going to be much silliness including small ship banger racing, the making of ship towers and whatever frankly crackers things our space madness afflicted minds can come up with. We're not sure what that covers but Commander Yannick and thanks Commander for keeping us entertained with news of your passage has advised that anyone attending the party should come in the opposite of fancy dress. Bring a small, cheap and above all expendable ship or buy one on board. There are haulers and others for sale. Leave your keys with the organisers and carriers Shepherd's Dream and Magic Space Bus will be in orbit. So you have somewhere for you to park your unusual ship, meaning that you'll have a place to sleep it off afterwards. It's not too late to take part in Sidewinder Fuel Finder, organised by the Buckyball Racing Club. It started on the 9th of January, but it's continuing until the 17th. This is about who can complete the course fastest, using a basic Sidewinder and a stock 2A FSD. You start by going to the Maya region and buying a 2A FSD for your current ship, Make your way to Artemis Lodge in Salerno, store the 2A FSD, buy a Sidewinder and add the stored frameshift. You can strip out any unwanted modules but you can't add anything. Then the race begins. Make your way to Nagalia and refit the Sidewinder however you want. No guiding tech, stored modules or engineering allowed. Fuel scope is allowed, even recommended from this point. Charge your FSD and get to Woolen Vision in Fuelum and hope you have the shortest time. Full details are in the forums, in the Hutton Facebook group events page and we've made a link for you, bit.ly Sidewinder Fuel Finder. Titan Contractors have organised their third trip, named Trip Signa. As usual, their event is designed to help new pilots, or in any case pilots who are inexperienced at exploration, 
It's a short two-week expedition which will allow you to see such sites as Beetlejuice, Jackson's Lighthouse, Mitter and Hollow and the Lord Mar besides. Make your way to the fleet carrier TOC Tiger in the K37L7Z system before 15th of January at 1900 UTC and they'll whisk you away. They're expecting to return on the 29th of January at the same time. Details are once more in the forums and the easy link for this one is bit.ly trip sigma. But don't delay, that departure time is less than 24 hours away. Unless you're listening to the podcast, in which case, best of luck next time. Last, but of course not least, as mentioned earlier, if you've ever wanted to travel to Hutton with friends, Commander Bam has organised a mass Hutton run from 2000 UTC on January 23rd to 800 UTC on January 24th. That's a duration of 12 hours for those who ran out of fingers trying to do the calculation. And he says something about trying to be off overlight. Details in the events section of our Facebook page and don't forget to use the Hutton Helper. And those are the community-led events that we know about. As always, if you're creating an event or you know of one coming up, please let us know so we can give a shout-out in the news. Jupiter Rochester. Some say he's creating a private fiefdom rather than running a major corporation and are worried about his real intentions. According to one anonymous source broadcast on Vox Galactica, the recent acquisition of Lacon Spaceways by Core Dynamics was a personal project of Mr. Rochester under the umbrella of Jupiter Division, which appears to be a possible precursor to something sinister, with his many contacts with the military. We'll be following this story with interest, and we will continue on our search for an actual picture of the big man himself. If for no other reason than to confirm or disprove the rumour that Jupiter is just a nickname associated with him solely because he's a gas giant with a big red spot. Thanks to the galactic celebration of the Muggies, we were unable to cover last week's news about the start of campaigning for the election of Prime Minister of the Alliance, which will take place on 25th February this year. The Alliance is not known for long-term stability and current incumbent Edward Mahan is fighting an uphill battle to become the first Prime Minister to serve two terms. Being harried by Councillor Nakato Kane of Tianisla, who has been outspoken about the causes of the recent Thargoid attacks, but we do not expect anything sneaky, underhand or accidental to happen to her. Oh no, not at all. Talking of the Alliance, Hutton congratulates Utopia for winning the bid to host the upcoming Galactic Summit to feature representatives from the Empire, Federation and Alliance. We would like to disassociate ourselves from any suggestions that may imply that it was due to the passing of any brown envelopes or the advertising campaign put out by Utopia with the tagline A Hutton carrier is a slicker, but Utopia is quicker which may have deterred attendees who dislike the really, really boring view on board a fleet carrier. 
There are rumors that the next community goal will involve shipping bricks to Colonia to make the galaxy's largest fireplace, in order to have a mantelpiece wide enough to store all of King Hanky's elite trophies gained by him and his clones. This week saw the clone army's 17th elite, and one more will make 18, which is um, A, a lucky number in Chinese tradition, B, the original catch number in Joseph Heller's novel, it was changed to catch 22 to avoid confusion with another current novel. And C, the acreage of pizza that Americans consumed every day back in the 21st century, even when they could go outside. Hutton's own Dr. Maidling is looking to set up a veritable Hutton on tour, a sort of a vote-to-your-own exploration adventure with a carrier. Would anyone be interested in coming exploring on a fleet carrier? You can bring a bunch of different ships, though I'd recommend a long-range exploration ship, an all-rounder and some form of mining ship, he says. We would pick a location not too far away to start and head out there. Once there, we would station for roughly a week while we take votes on where to go next, he finished. If you are interested, go to the Hutton Facebook page and search for Mark Ward's post. Everyone's favourite snapper-up of unconsidered trifles. That is, if you consider a bottle of gin to be a trifle, Cecil B. Trumpington has finally done some good. Thanks to an ingenious marketing campaign that managed to gloss over all of the many disadvantages, the Hollow Me duplication machine has been running continuously, and more pilots than ever before are waking up to Cecil's voice in their ear when flying. Yes, Pilots have handed over perfectly good credits solely in order to get frustrated with the old goat, or maybe to learn a few new cocktail recipes, or even to be reminded of jokes that really should have stayed unscraped right at the bottom of the barrel. Cecil is, as you'd expect, hopeless with money, so he and the corporation responsible for the production of the Hollow Me always hand over every last credit collected and pass it on to special effect. The most recent credits transfer was over 70 billion credits, which, we calculate, was exactly £1,000 in the early 21st century. I'm never quite sure whether Leo's looking at me funny. Sorry, dude. Did someone see a dog? Get in your basket. I'm a dog person. Dave thinks you're a knob. And we're back in the studio. Thank you very much, everybody. That was a that was a big pile of news. That was a lot more news than we've had in a long time. That was a lot going on, wasn't it? There's an awful lot going on. I mean, well, it, we it, did it, skip a week. I, yeah, I suppose we did skip. We had a lot to catch up on, and we may have tread on on Commander Wotherspoon's toes a tiny bit with a, a few of the bits of news. But I, you know, he does his Tuesday bit and his Thursday bit, and then we do his Tuesday bit again for him on a Thursday. But then he does the Thursday bit after we've done his Tuesday bit over again. I think that's how. And then it works. I think he does matter. He does matter days twice a week as well. Yeah, yeah, he does, and birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, and weddings. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's been a busy, busy, busy week out there. And of course, as ever, all of the news is absolutely truthful. We'll start with our first story from this evening. Um, so the Australian Antarctic Division have set sail once again, along with some... I'm going to give it its proper name. It, it is Gnosis avian cheese. It definitely isn't cock cheese. 
even though that <laughs> pun has been made many times. So yes, they've they've set sail, but this time not with a hut and mug. They've set sail with something from Cannon and from the Fuel Rats, which Flossie on the Fuel Rats, you were our liaison with the Fuel Rats there, weren't you? I was, yes. And I, I don't know what goodies they've sent, but there are there are fuel rats bits on board because they've got a number of the crew members. I mean, the whole mission is to refuel Casey Station. That's the mission this time. So it's only fair that the fuel rats send something to commemorate this. Yeah, it's a mug, I think. Oh, it's a, it, it's a fuel rats mug. Cool. I believe so, yes. Well, we are hoping to have some pictures come back. Are they, we, we're reading the the, um, the online reports. Now, there is there is a forum thread uh, over on the official Frontier forums that we've started up, which has got a mission tracker on there showing where they are in the sea at the moment. Um, they have, unfortunately, unlike the previous ship, the comms on there aren't great. So where previously we were getting photos and the odd video, um, excuse me, hiccups, not sure the, um, the Everest has um, quite got the same comms that they had. So we're going to see whether we can get some photos back live or we have to wait till they get down to uh, to Casey for our first pictures. Um, it sounds like they've been having great fun getting their sea legs. Uh, apparently the vessel, it's quite a special one. It's, it's one of the top five diving vessels in the world. It's something they allow um, was 18 people to go down to at 300 metres. And they've got all the hyperbaric chambers on board and all sorts for, for decompression. So it's quite a cool ship, this one. Um, Commander Palantir, you, you've, you've seen pictures of the... Uh, the Everest, haven't you? I, I have. I've been. I have been searching the, the interweb for them assiduously today, yeah, and in it's order got, to find one. I mean, yes. it does look a bit like a Type Seven, as it's got an enormous front to this vessel, hasn't it? I mean, it. It has. I mean, admittedly, oh. for bumping into icebergs, that's a good thing, but it, it's got a sort of superstructure above above the front of the the vessel. It looks like a very looks like a very precarious helipad. Well, no, it, I mean, it, well, it's, those are big girders. It's just strong enough to hold it. It's a strong enough one to hold a cobra, obviously, but no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's... But I'd imagine piloting anyway, this thing's going to be. Don't we call it? Is the yeah. diving vessel a submarine? <laughs> no, no, they're not going to do any submarine impressions. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, no. But they, I, I'd imagine, looking at that picture there, um, it, it's got to be a bit like looking out of one of the ships with a great big metal bar in front of your eye as you're trying to sail along in a straight line. You know, like like being in. Was it the Ferdlance that's got a big bar in the wrong place? Or one well, of the ships? Uh, well, does. well. Uh, Hutton's got a bar in the wrong place, right, yes. right in Hatch Cecil's path, yes. Yeah, well, it's 0.22 light years away from uh, where it should be, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Commander Dog's Breath is on board. He's taking the goodies. He's sending his pictures back. They're doing science. They're raising money for our two charities, which, apology officer, are... Dun, dun, dun. Special effect and hearing dogs. Yep. And so last time they got the mug signed by some of the team and sent it back for use in an ECM auction that we did. Crikey, was it was it really only? Um, <clears throat> it was it was only was it March April? No, I can't. It was Easter, wasn't it? The, the ECM was on, so it was it was March the I don't know fortieth or something. Amelia Amelia's got the count of when March was. <laughs> it was two hundred ninety nine days ago. There you go. Um, so, yeah, we um, will be doing something for charity with those afterwards, and they will be hopefully making their back to way to the UK in one piece this time, after the last ones got interdicted by pirates and half of the consignment ended up with no handles left on it. I, I think uh, they tried to make get, get away with paying lesser postage. And t- they put, oh, look, if it's under two centimetres tall, we can actually pay less postage. So they made sure that it was... Um, yeah, nice crushed, it, crushed it to sick it yeah. through the letterbox. So, yeah. Yeah, made it made it all the way across to the other side of the world and back, and then buggered it with um, 
British postage. Well, yeah, it managed to make uh, on on a launch, you know, from the ship to this to the land, past sort of waiting orcas who were looking hungrily at the mug, and and yeah, it got all the way back and then catapults between non-breeding them. seals. Non-breeding, yeah. non-breeding seals, yes. And, um, yes, the Royal Mail decided that two-dimensional was the right shape for a hut and mug, which is just rubbish. So, yeah, that, that, was, our, that was our first one uh, this evening. And then we, we've, had a, we've had a daring rescue by... Uh, well, daring rescue. No, it was a very long and boring rescue. But it was, it was an essential one for Auntie Ida, who, who needed her Ad Astra back. So thank you very much to Commander Montgomery Python. And, and then we had the Hardy, the hardiest of truckers. Commander Hardy. Oh, no, Commander Hardy here, news flashing coming, apparently, in the chat channel. But yes, there was a, there was a news article about Commander Hardy, which is saying that... Oh, a proper hut, define a proper hut and trucker. Go on, apology officer. What? I mean, a proper hut and trucker, they, they, I, they, they I come, have, they come I have, first. I have, I have this news. Oh? I've just refreshed. Commander Hardy... Now is position number one, one hour, 22 Ooh. minutes and 25 seconds. You see, congratulations. Wow. <laughs> Commander Finally. Hardy has a thing about beating records by one second. Have you noticed? You, we, 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 we were, Commander Hardy, we were going to give you a hut and mug for, for being so hardy and trying so hard. But now you've got a hut and mug for not only being hardy and trying so hard, but yes, beating it by hardly a second. So congratulations, the Hutton, the Hutton run has now fallen the record three times since we slapped everybody around with the gauntlet a bit. I, I suspect... Hardly um, a second hardy. Yeah, hardly a second mm-hmm. hardy. That's your new oh, name. Oh, hardy har. But the, uh, Commander Hardy, who I think is in chat at the moment, um, yes, please do send us an email to itookpart at huttonorbital.com. I'm going to go and play something else now. My eyes are mug-shaped. <laughs> yeah. Well, I bet they are. <laughs> the bar is open, Commander Hardy, here at Hutton, and there's plenty of Centauri Mega Gin available. So, yes, um, Commander Hardy, please do um, send us an email. And, of course, not only did you earn one for being just dogged, um, but, yes, you've now earned one for winning as well. I'd imagine the Overlight is probably <laughs> just staring <laughs> at it in... What? Yeah. The challenge has been thrown down, though. We know that lots of time can be shaved off. So we'll see. Can we go faster? Are we reaching the limit now? We don't know. What do we think the limit is? Do we think we can get it under 20 seconds? One hour, 22 minutes and 20 seconds. Five more. No, it's 45 minutes. Right. You? Yeah. That's it. (laughs) Ow. Ow. Yes, yeah. Um, And uh, Commander, Commander Flossie. Yes. Good evening. Good evening. So, I mean, you had a lot to talk about in the, the various community events. So even though you know Christmas is over and we've got to New Year and everything, there's still loads going on in the community. Oh, yes, there is, yeah. Between, I mean, the Buckyball races, I mean, you can guarantee they're doing something every single week. Yes. Yeah, they're very, very active. Yeah. And, and I mean, they never tire of racing, but they, they invent new races and... Do it in small ships, big ships, SRVs, basically anything goes. They'll race anything if it's got wheels or a yes. jet engine on the back. Yeah, anything, anything goes. <laughs> yeah, they haven't tried racing a Thargoid yet to that jump point when they try and escape you. That's the one they've not done. So they've not beaten a Thargoid to the escape point. No. I don't think they have. We'll have to check. They may have done, just not told us about it. And then obviously to, to Commander Yannick, who keeps us advised on the uh, expedition, the Mercury's Wings expedition. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then you've got some... Have you got CG news? Because there was some CG news, but you couldn't tell us about it because of the muggies. Yeah, uh, there was some last week. 
So what um, was we, last week? Just catch us up. Or are you going to tell us about this later, what last week was? Um, well, I can tell you now. Uh, last week was to deliver xenological samples for the Holloway Bioscience Institute in Colonia. Um, right. OK, well, <laughs> you're going to tell us about where we got to um, later, aren't you, during your CG, CG bit, are you? Or? I can tell that bit, yeah. Um, we'll, do, should we do, we'll do that in your CG bit. But suffice yeah. to say, I mean... Is this a plot by Thug the Mighty to get everybody out of the bubble and stop kicking him? I don't know. <laughs> but um, the, the CG was actually had to be handed in in Colonia, and yet the only place well, that we were aware of was 15,000 light years from Colonia, just, well, 5,000 5, light years outside the bubble. So to go 5,000 light years from the bubble, collect all your samples and then go on to Colonia to hand them in. <laughs> Which is why there weren't any fleet carriers available and why Monty yeah. Python had to go and get um, Commander Red Astra. Not that I could find any any uh, fleet carriers available. I, oh, in, At least in Hutton. I, I did ask in Hutton and I got to, it seems to all otherwise engaged. Mm -hmm. So I had to um, I spotted one on the forums. So I hitched a lift from somebody in the forums. Yes, and talking of hitching a lift with people, um, the for the mug Cloud Atlas, which was the former Hut bus currently currently uh, on sabbatical, has just said, "Oh, the Hut and Run can be done in just over thirty seconds." Now that's against the rules. <laughs> that's yes. definitely against the rules. Most definitely, yeah. No fleet carriers allowed. Has to be done in your spaceship, and the little spaceship, yeah. not the big one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can't be having this. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, Jupiter Rochester appears to have taken over Lake on Space Race. So, um, Commander Palantir. Yeah. Now, the way it seems is he just owns it, but Lake on's still there. As in, it's like, it's like um, what is it? The Google Alphabet owns all sorts of brands. Like, it's the yeah, Umbrella Corporation. But, but it's but it's all this talk about him actually setting up his own personal control inside and making it work differently from the rest whether he's trying to take you know be taking uh that away from the rest of the company or whether whether the with all the military connections i'm wondering whether we're going to see some sort of um oh i don't like to use the word that begins with c and ends oup uh but we might be seeing somebody try one of those there's something there's something fishy going on there i mean you can't have twirly mustachios like that and not be evil and so we we're mm. we're branding Jupiter Rochester um, as as a twirly moustached dodgy son of a gun. Right now, and, and then uh, Amelia, the the muggies. Yes, the muggies. Now, the one thing we did miss is we didn't we didn't hear your acceptance speech. Yeah, we didn't we didn't <laughs> see the tears. We did we didn't see the the fancy you know outfit you had on just for the evening. <laughs> well, there, there was there was copious tears there was copious booze uh, i was listening in uh, Who with friends you? nobody's allowed to Bo boo you booze uh, oh, booze with a z oh right. i thought you were, people were booing <laughs> you that's terrible um but no i was listening in with some friends we were all on um discord um and some of them were actually nominees so um you you might i don't think all of them were finalists but there was there was a good number of names that were, and, and, and did that you have any, any thanks to, to hand out? You know, any any particular um, people you'd like to thank? Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, I'd like to thank everyone that voted for me, for a start, obviously. 
Well, yeah, yeah, that, um, that goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> goes, goes without saying. But I'd also like to thank my friend Matt for actually getting me into mining in the first place. It's kind of like the the biggest thing for me in Elite Dangerous. It always has been. It always will be. Um, but he was the one that kick-started off that interest. So it's it's his fault, really. And, and you had a lot of little helpers, a bit like, a bit like Father Christmas. Yes. An yes, awful um, lot of little helpers. You've got to <laughs> well, name them all. <laughs> Little helpers. Do you mean do you mean my students? No, no, the other little helpers. The really busy ones who did all the hard work, the heavy lifting. They sort of go running at the bottom of your ship. Right. Down to the next one. Oh yeah. Expired. You know, everyone says they're constantly overlooked, and clearly, I've just stated the obvious. Yes, poor little limpets. I think the Olympic Union is going to be in touch with you about that one. They might down tools and refuse to pick up any more juicy tidbits from those uh, from those boulders. The squillions upon squillions of limpets that have died in my service, I salute thee. I mean, you know, you could probably make a good living going out to, to ring sites and, and just scooping up all the leftover limpets. And the I've got to say, you, you could make mugs, minor mugs, out of the limpet scrap. He probably could. That's, that's worth thinking about. Yes. Um, other than that, yes, um, Dr. Maidlin, our resident scientist, uh, astrophysicist and general boffin, is starting up the Hutton tour. So if anybody wants to go on a bit of a seeing the sights tour where, where yeah, vote your own exploration adventure. So you, you get to, to get to join him and say, this is where we'd like to go. And everybody puts their hand up and goes, yeah, I agree. So whether it's off to see Stolon pods or... Uh, I don't know, space mushrooms or something like that. Um, he is accepting votes at the moment for where to go to first and passengers on board his fleet carrier. And you can find out all about that. Um, and then other, other than that, um, we've got... Uh, there's a big stream news coming up tomorrow, Flossie. Oh, yeah. Big, dun, 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 big stream dun, news. Dun, dun, hmm. from, from the Pilots' Federation. Oh, right. I'll have to see if I can see that. Yep, midday tomorrow. Um, they're releasing a little bit more information, I understand, about your space legs. Mm-hmm. Possibly stuff to do with the outposts, don't know. Um, but they are also having a special competition draw to have your own name immortalised in Odyssey. Well, I definitely have to watch that. <laughs> so, yes, lots of snockers. If you win it, you can put, <laughs> you, you can put your snockers all over these new planets. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike a Palantir, he'll put his ball sack all over. Anyway, it's just, it's just, it's, oh dear. The innuendo names come back to bite us occasionally, don't they? Yeah. Um, and then, um, Palantir, we've got an event happening this very Saturday. Yes, I'm having a look here. It's, one, it's been organised by uh, Commander Venezia, and starting at the 16th. Is that former hot boss, brackets retired? Yes, he's, yes, he's got yes. nothing better to do yes. now. He's, he's polished all of his... Um, his guns, so he's got nothing else to do now. It's a retirement project. Yeah. 9pm UTC. Yes. Bounty hunting for everyone from noobs to experts. Meeting at Alvin's Poor. At old Piss Flaps, old PSPFLF2. Yeah, yeah well, I, I, we're going to make a recommendation about um, where it might be handy to handle these things in at the moment. Because I'm going to ask for a victim from amongst you. I need a victim. Don't all put your hands up at once. Otherwise I'm going to pick on someone. Right, it's the apology officer. I distinctly took a step back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the apology officer. Now, apology officer, in the absence of the dead yeah. meat GF, I've got yeah. a very important question. Yeah. What does it all mean? 
I have no idea. Well, we heard from one panel <laughs> earlier talking about some systems that were low. Hey, Dad, yeah, I'm just going to scroll. I'm just going to scroll up a bit. <laughs> and in fact, we have an urgent message from Snuggles McKeague and Bam coming in over the radio at the moment, as well. I don't know whether you oh, spotted that one go flying past the chat channel. No, I never noticed it. All right. Well, um, there are three systems that need a little bit of work because they've got a number three on the front, not number four or a five, but a three. Okay. Which would be Ballard Star, Epsilon Eridani, and Wolf 1481. So we've got a war to win over in um, Narinces. And those three systems are looking a little bit iffy. But there is a bit of an appeal um, over Barnard Star because there are some shenanigans afoot. Dum, dum, dum. Would, would this be involving a certain number? It would be, but not the, not the same. Yeah, it's a number that we're very familiar with, but it's not the same lot. It's a different lot who've kidnapped the number. So over in Barnard Star, there used to be used to be in the dim and distant past a, a and other uh, PMF player group, but they retired and didn't want the system anymore, and were quite happy for you know Hutton to to take over, and we thought that was the end of it. So we took over Barnard Star mainly because we love Dockers, which can be found on the internet somewhere by searching for Barnard Star Dockers um, on the very very dark web. And a board pilot went, "Ooh, nobody's <laughs> playing with that one. I'm going to adopt that faction." And they've decided that they want that one and they've taken it over and it's theirs now and the other guys can't have it back. And they're causing trouble in Barnard's star. Hmm. Now, they rather foolishly sent us a message to say, oh, we're going to go and take over Barnard's star. And we went, well, are you the original owner? And they went, oh, no, 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 we're not. We just thought we were going to adopt that faction and take over Barnard's star. And so our response was, well, if you'd been the original lot, we might have a chat, but you're not, so you can... Uh, Foxtrot Oscar, that's the one. Um, but it sounds like they're causing trouble and they've caused a war in the system, which is boo. So, um, mm. yes, any pilots that fancy lending us help, we could do with a little bit of data. There are some instructions by Commander Bam and Snuggles McKeague being published on the Discord, on the Facebook, and in the chat here somewhere. If Bam's still here, give us a wave, Bam. Um, but yes, you can either go and blow things up in Narnia, also known as Narenses, or you can go and lend a hand in Barnard Star just to make the point that we love our dockers where they are. Thank you very much. Of course. So there you go. Um, so yes, don't let Barnard Star get low, that would be bad. Um, yeah. Because there are yeah there are two wars in system and anyway I think they're going to end up in second but we just need to have a word and say look yeah you're being a bit cheeky that's a bit naughty don't do that again. Other than that, crikey Hutton run breaking news and Jupiter Rochester's and oh mm. bricks to Colonia. Um, I think that's about it for the time. Does anybody have anything else that I've forgotten about? Uh, other than Commander Palantir who's got a squeaky lid on the soda water container. What? Yeah. Yes. It- be this 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 thing. I was prob- I forgot to turn my mic off when I was doing that. It it sounds like <laughs> some hamsters have got loose on on your desk there. It wouldn't sound very well. There's some very poorly hamsters there. So does anybody before we move on have anything else? We've got. Oh, we're not going to play can I, too much. Can I just ask you about the the Hanky's fireplace thing and the bricks to Colonia? Is that what the phrase <laughs> a ship a shipload of bricks comes from? <laughs> He was shipping a brick. No, no, yeah. no, no, that's shipping a brick, a brick. ship house. That's a brick yeah. ship house. Yes. A brick ship house. Ah, I, I don't know. We having a met Hanky. I wouldn't describe him as a brick ship house. He's more of a brick outhouse. <laughs> anyway, um, as long as he washes his hands, that's fine. Right. Well, if nobody has anything else, um, I'm going to hand over to a 
co-presenter to, to tell us what's happening next and what button I should be pushing while I go and find that button. OK, well, that's enough of all that. It's nearly time for the part of the show that it all came for. The CG News, read by me. But first, it's the Masters of Mirth, the Captains of Comedy. It's Beetle Jude and Wotherspoon with their quips, folderol and balderdash. Galnet News Digest, 14th of January, 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Holloway Biology. We report live from Colonia. Thargoids. We report live from the Witchhead Nebula. Serious housing for the Marlinists. We report live from HIP 22550. The Sidewinder Fuel Finder. We report live from Fuelum. Holloway Institute overwhelmed by pod parts. The Holloway Biosciences Institute in Colonia has been overwhelmed by deliveries of seed pods in response to its recent call for samples. Our roving reporter, Commander Beetlejude, reports live from just outside the Institute. Commander Beetlejude, what can you see? Yes, Wotherspoon. I'm standing here just outside the perimeter of the Institute. The base has some quite tall buildings at its centre. I saw them as I was flying down, but now, with 31,000 tonnes of biological samples piled up in great dunes outside the base, I can barely see the tops of the skyscrapers. The Holloway Institute plans to create four wildlife refuges close to Colonia, which commanders who don't want to trek thousands of light years out and to the back of the galactic beyond can visit them to see these curious seed pods and the even more curious space trees they come from. And it sounds like the seed pods are raring to go. It almost seems like they're getting bigger, swelling up before my eyes. This is a massive mound, tumbling, the seed pods on the top, tumbling down, spreading out around the base. I certainly hope that the Holloway Bioscience Institute knew what it was letting itself in for when it encouraged commanders to start shipping in these strange alien life forms. I'm not entirely sure whether correct protocols for biosecurity were followed or whether these seed pods will prove to be an ongoing problem. Spreading out to cover the, the surface of Colonia 7G. I'm having to move now to avoid being crushed by the seed pods. <laughs> Tumbling down from the ever expanding pile back to the studio. Damaged stations may need your help. Despite the very best efforts of the Anti-Xeno Initiative and of the rescue effort, there are still three stations burning in the Witchhead Nebula. Commander Beetlejude is at one of them, Ezra Point, in Wellington. Hello there. I'm in the docking bay at Ezra Point, watching the rescue ships ferrying out refugees. In the two weeks since the unprovoked New Year's Eve Thargoid attack, more than 100,000 occupants of this station and other stations like it have been rescued and taken to places of safety. There are still plenty more to rescue, judging by the crowded mission boards. I've been watching belugas, type nines, dolphins, all kind of ships in a people's flotilla, rescuing workers and inhabitants alike. And it's still pretty hot work in here. 
Every now and again you see a heat sink being ejected, a tiny white hot spark that flies across the station and melts into whatever surface it hits. Apart from Ezra Point, Cheryl Orbital in Hackey, Sal Prospect in Lemba still need their inhabitants evacuated and a similar effort continues in all three stations. Lemba's Hackey, Wellington and Honoris still have a very minor Thargoid presence. That should be cleared up by the weekend. And then it will be down to Operation Ida and other independent hauliers to bring in the vital repair supplies to get these stations back up and running. Possibly by this time next week, all traces of the Thargoid attacks in the coal sack and which head nebulas will have been completely wiped out. Serious housing for the Marlinists. It's nearly a month since Sirius Corporation leader Lee Yong-ri offered to rehouse the huddled masses of Marlinists who'd been yearning to breathe free of the storied pomp of the Empire for more than 1,000 years. And 1,000 years was plenty long enough to wait, so the Marlinists were pleased to be able to move into their new accommodation earlier today. Commander Beetlejude has gone to investigate. Yes, I'm here in the Marlinus living accommodation in the HIP 22550 system. Oh, my head. I hope these Marlinists are all short. I wouldn't call this accommodation exactly luxurious. In fact, the, these prefabricated steel living pods look quite a lot like shipping containers. Marlinists arrived here and in seven other systems nearby earlier today, where they will live free from the shackles of Imperial society, close to factory units provided by the corporation to give them gainful employment. They will manufacture artisanal frameshift drives to the original Sirius Corporation recipe and will assemble handcrafted personal computing devices with Sirius Corporation branding. Sirius has reported that the Marlinists are delighted with this opportunity and can't wait to get started. The rent for the lovely new Marlinist accommodation will be deducted from the wages of the Marlinists. But of course the Marlinists are not interested in becoming wealthy. They just wanted to escape from the indentured labour conditions so many of them had to suffer when they lived in the Empire. Fuel Rats Finish Line And finally tonight... The Buckyball Sidewinder Fuel Finder race is coming to an end with only three days remaining. We cross over to Commander Beetlejude at the finish line in Fuelham. Hello, I'm at Walheim Vision in Fuelham, watching the racers come over the line. They're racing all the way from Kalano in the Pleiades Nebula in a Sidewinder, coming most of the way, all the way to Ngalia, without a fuel scoop. As part of the drive to get the fuel rats up to the 100,000 rescues they've been on about for the past month. Shay Blackwood in the Born to Run has taken the lead over Goose Frabber, but Bob Dubrovnik in the Small Mercy is only one second behind with a runtime of 36 minutes and 18 seconds. Some additional rules have had to be added after competitors started getting creative. The use of fleet carriers for outfitting, travel or other purposes is not allowed. Other commanders are not allowed to refuel you along the way and yes, we know that's what the fuel rats do, but they don't do it during this race. And perhaps most importantly, the sidewinder that crosses the line in Fuelham must be the same sidewinder that started the race at Artemis Lodge in Kilano. Getting a lift from a passing Thargoid scout is therefore implicitly not allowed. It's genuinely amazing how the buckyball racers can travel around the galaxy as fast as they do. 
That was Commander Beetlejude reporting live from the Buckyball Race in Fulham. And that's this week's live out and about Galnet News. And this is Commander Beetlejude back in the studio at Hutton Orbital. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. Thank you, Commanders. I consider myself properly informed about the galaxy now. I've not really anything to say here. I'm just waffling on long enough for Vanti to be ready to play Flossie's music. I'm not saying she's a diva, right? But her rider contains a colour chart so that her pink gin is made to the exact shade she requires. That's all I'm saying. It's It's flashy. It's flashy. It's flashy. And the community goals. Hello, Flossy here with this week's Community Goals News. And how did you know about my pink gin? <laughs> Last week's CG was to deliver xenological samples for the Holloway Bioscience Institute in Colonia. Uh, this ended at 6 this morning, UTC, and was about halfway between tiers 4 and 5, with 317,023 pod samples collected by 539 contributors. Uh, I did actually take part in this myself, but uh, I only managed to get to uh, 75%. Uh, but that was enough for a decal. Uh, the thing about this particular CG was, it was um, although it was only about 5,000 light years out of the bubble, uh, you had to hand in a colonia, which has cost us another 15,000 light years. So fleet carriers were very much used. Um, for a lot of the transport. Um, anyway, this week's CG news is to deliver food to support the Marlinists and to protect the Marlinist food deliveries. The Marlinist colonies, sorry, the Marlinist colonies have requested assistance to feed their population. Eight systems were colonised by the Sirius Corporation to act as permanent reservations for the political refugees. Millions of Marlinists have now relocated to these settlements, thereby reducing tension between the Empire and the Federation. The newly formed Marlinist factions are holding democratic elections to select their leaders. However, the Transitional Parliament has declared an emergency due to the shortage of food stocks. Pilots are asked to deliver animal meat, fish, fruit and vegetables and grain to Stillman Hub in the HIP 22550 system. Each tier reached will increase the level of discount on the purchase prices of a broad range of commodities sold at Malinist colonies markets. 
This will last for a two-week period starting on the 22nd of January, helping to improve trade links and boost commerce. The percentage values are as follows. Tier 1 will be up to 5% reduction, Tier 2 up to 10% reduction, Tier 3 15%, Tier 4 20% and Tier 5 up to 30% reduction. The free mail list in Karenay anticipate that there will be disruptive attacks from pirates and anti-mailism activ- activists and has offered bounties on all wanted ships which should be handed in at Stillman Hub in the HIP 22550 system. If successful for both these AGs, the free mail list of Karenay in conjunction with the other mail list factions will give the top 75% of pilots a fully engineered, focused and lightweight point defence module. The module will be placed in storage at Stillman Hub in the HIP 22550 system by the 23rd of January. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before handing in animal meat, fish, fruit and vegetables, grain or bounty vouchers at Stillman Hub in the HIP 22550 system. Only bounty vouchers handed in after signing up will count towards your personal contribution total. And that's this week's CG News. Flossie told you what to do. As Commander Tarrant appears to be using Hutton News as an internet search engine, the answer is if your bird weighs one and a half kilos, that's £3.3 to you colonials. It's about an hour and 40 minutes at 350F. Unless it's stuff. Either way, stick something in your bird and if it's 180 degrees F, it's done. Sorry, Amelia. Carry on. Um, thank you, Flossie. You know, it's easy to see why you're the Pilots Federation's favourite. Hopefully, this pink gin is to your liking. Now, it's a, a bit of a drop in standards as we pass control to the apology officer for the Hutton Sport Report. But uh, what can you expect for the money we're prepared to pay? Right, I'll take half a curly whirly and a can of Fanta. That's my final offer. Hello, it's 33.07 and the new sports season has started in Hutton Space. The Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free exercise DVD, which you can use as a plate for your 3D-printed burger and chips. This week's, this year's season openers, rather, are... The running away from Far the Mighty because I only have a 3D shield, Pangalactic Distance Race. The squeezing a T9 through a mangled toast rack cargo delivery challenge. The Far Guys Look Dangerous So I'm Running Missions in the Bubble Tournament, Round 3. The Far the Mighty, Lord of Polaris and the Cold 70 Sector. Come and have a go if you think you're corrosion resistant enough. Invitational. The Why Go Hunting Thargoids when there are plenty of humans queuing up to be shot at? All commas, cage match. The I can only afford one seat, so Granny will have to stay and put out the fires in the station, evacuation sprint. And the running away from Tark the Mighty. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the running away from Tark the Mighty, because I only have a 3D shield pangalactic distance race, ended with Comet Bond streaking ahead of the opposition and covering twice the distance of the nearest competitor. 
the squeezing a T9 through a mangled tow strike cargo delivery challenge has been has been postponed due to traffic congestion. The Thargoids look dangerous, so I am running missions in the bubble tournament round three was comprehensively won by Commander Chicks, who earned almost three times as many points as his nearest rival. The Tharg the Mighty, Lord of Polaris and the Call 70 sector, come and have a go if you think you're corrosion resistant enough, invitational, resulted in victory for Alex Zuno, the eternal bounty hunter. The Wigo hunting Thargoids, when there are plenty of humans queuing up to be shot at, all comers cage match saw Commander Bikar retain the title for another week. The I can only afford one seat, so Granny will have to stay and put the fires out station evacuation sprint. So Major General Noctivagus make a comeback to take the title. So, scouts are worth double outside the bubble, but deuces are wild and never shoot the flower people. It's the classified results. Comet Bond, 128. I Hobie, 62. Sky, 57. Light, 027, 41. Chicks, 1408. Montgomery Python, 438. Alex Zuno, 1151. Attic 2, 135. Bicarb, 2048. Sorearm, 1894. Noctivagus, 5350. That's 5350. 5, Ricardo Delep, 4853. East Sterling 6, Hat of Melodian, 4. Curling Me Softly, 2. Rolling Stones, 2. Queen of Kikari, 4. Wise 0855-0714 Harriers, 3. Queen of Kikari get through to the quarterfinals. Everyone this week already has a decal. Well, it's been a blistering start to the year for Hutton Runs. We have 35 runs in the last seven days alone. It's been a path... <laughs> In the last seven days alone, I'm just wondering if there's been a party I haven't been invited to again. Not only that, but the Hutton Run record held by Brett Riverboat has been beaten twice. This just in, it's actually been beaten three times now. Commander Hardy recorded an hour of one hour, 22 minutes and 30 seconds, one second under the old record. Then Commander Overlake was a new title holder with a hull blistering five seconds under Brett's old time. That was until about 10 minutes ago when Commander Hardy beat that one by one second two, setting a new record of one hour, 22 minutes and 25 seconds. Are you tired of avoiding the Thargoid narrative? Do you long for an unexpected interdiction? Do you want to wow the other commanders with your 3307 dance moves? Just go to hot.forthemug.com and download or sign up for the Hutton Helper. This time next week, you could be dancing around like the Sugar Plum Fairy, sprinkling glitter onto your ship in the shape of Hutton Orbital. Let's face it, anything has to be better than having Tharg the Mighty use you as a human McSlurry by sticking a straw through your head and drinking your brains while he watches humans do the funniest things. And that's it for the Sports Report. Back to Studio 5.
Thank you, Apology Officer. We're now going to delve into the depths of depravity and digestion that is the Galnet Food Digest. And the cast iron colon that is Amelia Hawke. Um, sorry, I didn't come, come quite out as I meant. Oh, that's what she said. Look, let's just start the music. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Gullnet Food Digest. I try the galaxy's most rare and dangerous foods, so you don't have to. body is a marvel of natural science, able to, despite a soft and squidgy exterior, survive in a wide range of environments and habitats. Equipped with its own computer capable of comprehending many of the mysteries of the universe, and possessing of an onboard auto repair system and power generator, it has proven to be the perfect vessel for the human mind to escape into the void and explore deep space. Of course, it needs fuel, a balance of energy and nutrient-rich inputs from complex carbohydrates to proteins, fats, vitamins, minerals, and water. All of the above are possible to be obtained through boring, flavorless, and unpalatable foods. But the Galnet Food Digest makes a point of trying the more interesting of the galaxy's edible rare items. This week, we're looking at the essentials, the very minerals and compounds that the body uses to maintain this complex and wonderful machine. To that end, we've been recommended to head to the Haydn system. Deep within this system, a supercruise of over 500,000 light seconds is the secondary star, a rather dull brown dwarf. Around that, a simple metal-rich world and two moons. The station Searfoss Enterprise is our destination, and the source for this week's rare item, Haydn Black Brew. First, a little bit of a history lesson. For the distant explorer living off machine-produced gloop or freeze-dried space bars, getting the right nutrients to stay healthy is very important, and early starfarers were, went at great pains not to end up deficient in one way or another. As with the golden age of sail, where nautical types had to be wary of everything from scurvy to rickets, deep space explorers had to take everything they needed with them. As with limeys in the dim and distant past, once a critical survival foodstuff was found, it became part of their name, and lickies were born, able to be identified by a metallic sheen to their skin. Being a licky identified you as a deep space explorer. Unlike the Navy, where the mantra of rum, sodomy and the lash was the order of the day, the Deep Exploration Corp preferred the rather more gentle gin, tonic and a dash. However, I digress. Whilst hydroponics and long-life foods were good, something harder had to come by was the right mix of uh, minerals the body needed to remain healthy. The human body contains a surprising amount of metal, heavy metal, not just the ubiquitous iron that helps maintain your haemoglobin, but in compound form, it contains copper, zinc, potassium, titanium, selenium, chromium, molybdenum, niobium, yttrium, 
bismuth, tungsten, and in fact, just about everything the processor on your ship needs for synthesis of just about anything. Get stranded and need jumpomium to boost to a faraway star? Just shove a few thousand fellow pilots in your synthesizer, and you'll be just fine. As luck would have it, on this distant metal world, far, far away from the jump point, the planet is a natural source of a very special rock, known locally as the Heidenlick, made from minerals created at the birth of the solar system. It has just the right mix of essentials that, properly prepared, can keep a human fighting fit. Of course, an abundance of noble metals, such as gold, means that it has a shimmer to it. But, surprisingly, it's not toxic. For centuries, sitting in your cockpit on a long journey and licking your rocks once a day was one of the best ways to stay healthy and limber. The station soon discovered that the practice was okay when you're on your own. But sharing your rocks with, another, with other people led to all sorts of nastiness. Unwashed, they were the perfect vector for all sorts of space lurgy. So they developed the Hayden Black Brew. By carefully shaving your rocks, then boiling them over a number of hours before straining, you end up with a black, shimmering dark, full of all the minerals you need to drink. One of these a day and you'll feel energized and healthy. Your eyes will be clear, your mind operating at peak capacity. Yes, as with the other dark drink favored by spacers, the um, pint of stout, there's a lot of iron in it. But when you're in danger of leaking some of the red stuff out, it's always good to get some. It tastes like a very salty, rather bitter energy drink. It has a natural fizz from the minerals and it develops a head on the top of the drink, not unlike a pint of stout. It's not pleasant, to be fair. Tastes like you've just licked the landing pad a few times or the base of a rather, rather well-used frying pan after a camping trip. So... You've shaved your rocks, you've guzzled a pint of the black stuff, and you're feeling great. Where's the danger? The human body is, of course, full of metals, and a healthy diet should contain just the right amounts, and this is where the risk comes in. One glass, you're just about as metal as you need to be. Trace amounts. Two glasses, or leave it steeping too long, you start getting very metal. So metal that you start perspiring. Hair starts growing uncontrollably as your follicles lose control. So metal that you start going a little deaf as your neural pathways degrade a bit. One more glass of it and you go out the end of metal and straight into goth. Your skin goes pale. You become sensitive to light and you start shambling and mumbling. There's only one stage after that. The one where you go stiff and someone needs to find an undertaker. Have it too frequently and your skin takes on a metallic hue. Your iris will sparkle under the right light and in the dark. You'll phosphorus just a little. The rocks are becoming increasingly rare. Many explorers now keep one as a trophy aboard their ship under glass, just to prove that they're a real explorer, and of course, just in case of emergencies. I've been giving a little one to take home with me, and I can't resist. I'm going to have to lick it. Well, it's salty. My tongue fizzes. Hmm. I'm Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet News Digest. Galnet Food Digest. And I've got a sudden urge to start wearing black and building a music collection that contains only bands starting with the letter M. 
I've gone all metal, so you don't have to. Oh, that sounds. I'm not sure it sounds very nice, <clears throat> Amelia. I mean, it's it's um. Ah, ah. I mean, you know, it's a matter they, of they, balance. Yeah, well, it, it is. Yes, I mean, we we were doing the research into this and, and finding out the the number of different metals that were actually in the human body. I start you start reading down the list, and it does read like that synthesis list on the on the right hand side of your screen in your mm-hmm. spaceship. I mean, yttrium. For goodness' sake, who knew that human bodies had yttrium in them? Okay, it's tiny amounts, but you know, and bismuth. We are all just walking, talking, breathing asteroids. Yeah, well, was it as Carl Sagan said, we're made of star stuff? Quite star li- stuff. Quite literally, literally <laughs> yeah. We're made of star and stuff. And bismuth. And, well, that's where Pepto-Bismol comes from, isn't it? The biz in Bismol is from bismuth. Oh, that's where the fuzziness comes from. It could be. I, I, either I dreamed that or it might actually be true. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, don't go eating metals other than the noble ones. I think I think gold is a, it's called a noble metal because it doesn't react with anything. That's where you get gold flakes in those really, really sticky drinks you can buy. What, what, what's that mm. stuff called? Goldschlager. That's the one. Goldschlager. But, yeah. And, and of course, you get you get the gold leaf on the top of um, all sorts of fancy pants desserts and stuff. It's, it's actually and, a, a terribly minute amount of gold in gold leaf, which is what they put in Goldschlager. Yeah. yeah, it's about it's one atom thick, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's insanely small amount. It's yeah, it's very very thin. It, it's it's not going to leave you sort of feeling like you've just passed razor blades when you pass it mm. the other end. I'll tell you that one. Or scooping and, through your own um, <coughs> bio waste, hunting for her for yeah. richness is 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 is. <laughs> and and if I can quote one of one of our favourite authors who's already been uh, named in this evening's show, Mr. Pratchett from the um, from the the book Wintersmith. It's these are the things that make a man: iron enough to make a nail, lime enough to paint a wall, water enough to drown a dog, sulphur enough to stop the fleas, potash enough to wash a shirt, gold enough to buy a bean, silver enough to coat a pin, lead enough to ballast a bird, phosphor enough to light the town, poison enough to kill a cow. <laughs> and we wondered where he'd gone from this radio show after after last week's efforts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, the stuff they get you to try. I mean, I know you do like a pint of the black stuff, don't you, Amelia? But you know, the other, the other one. You know, the, the, <laughs> yes, um, um, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of the, uh, the well-known Irish uh, dark stout. Yes, uh, and variations Burfies. thereof. What? Yes, variation. They do. They do a really nice chocolate stout over in Ireland. Oh. Um, chocolate stout with oysters. It's just mind-blowingly, insanely delicious. Don't they float to the top? Not in. Not. Don't put the oysters in the booze. <laughs> don't, put, don't put the shells in. <laughs> oh, now you tell me. I, I, normally, I normally have mine with the uh, the Uching chilies. Just a tiny bit of Uching chili with the oysters, but yeah. But, well, look, thank you very much, everybody, for, for joining us on the show this evening. Uh, I think we, we've covered well, a whole pile um, of stuff. Come on, Commander Flossie, well, I mean, obviously, are you, are you partial to a pint of the black stuff? Oh, have we lost Flossie? Flossie's got the wrong button again. Oh, we've lost oh, Flossie. Sorry, sorry, sorry I thought... Flossie? There we go. Sorry. <laughs> no, I thought you talked to somebody else, sorry. Um, 
I like I like Murphy's. Ah, uh, because because like the Murphys, you're bitter. not bitter. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but don't tush. advertising works on us. You know, we are the feeble-minded that advertising works on. So please advertise things to us. Send us to send us things. No, don't send us things. Really, we've we've got plenty in the corner. Most of them are deadly because they're leftovers from Amelia's Amelia's broadcasts. There. <laughs> And most of them are trying to kill us, or yeah, especially the thing in the bottom of Dead Meat's mug that he left on the side before he left. But we want <laughs> his teeth. It has a name, you know. It's called <laughs> David. <laughs> oh, and I thought he was talking to me when he was staring at that mug. Yes. No. Hmm. Uh, right. Well, look, thank you very much to our audience for joining us. Thank you very much to the presenting crew. We have Commander Flossie, who will be back next week, won't you, Commander Flossie? I'm sorry, you broke up a bit there. What was Did that? Did I break up? Next week, are you coming back? I would imagine so. <laughs> Excellent. And you're going to tell us about CGs again next week? I should think so, yes. Well, and I, if there's any on. Well, we, we hope so. We hope so. We, we like them. I hope so. But just yes. not as far as cloning. Maybe the next one's at Beagle Point. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, we're, we're, we're there in a shot, or maybe, maybe a week or so, unless you're Monty Python, in which case it'll take you about... Was it? If it's forty-seven hours to to rescue uh, Ad Astra, it'll be what about ninety hours to get to Beagle Point, maybe. <laughs> um, and thank you very much to Commander Palantir as usual. You've done a sterling job with the uh, the articles this evening. No, it's all right. And the the hunting through the visual archives to try and find things. And we're very uh, sorry to Commander Hardy, who saw scary things in the images there. And I promise you, they weren't there. They weren't there when um, I, without using any Photoshop whatsoever, found this this item yep. there were no skulls in there well i mean they are rare and dangerous foods so it's mm. you know sort of appropriate um and well thank just, you very just mu- guilty conscience on his part thank you very and much i'd also like, yeah like to say the going but, but whilst if people listen to this if going for gold the people who are entitled to uh decals and patches actually had very few people so far claim their decal i've had what, 13 people come through and Is that a, all? And there are, yep. And do you want me, you want me to send my details, or do you have my details? No, we, no, unless you unless you write to I took part. I, yeah, I need I need prompting. Right. Uh, right. Uh, at the moment, at the moment, if um, I'm, uh, I know that um, one of the girdler girdlers uh, is going to be uh, sending Andy. out the patches. Yeah, but I said I'm. I, what I said to him is that uh, I'm happy to collate any addresses that come in. So. Uh, yeah. So if your if, name if in doubt, is if in doubt, right to I took part in yeah yeah so if your name is Commander Chicks definitely send one in so that so that um, we we can send you your, your no, mug I've got I've got his address so that's yep. all right <laughs> other than that Monty Python Duckface Marco two six one two Evo Flash Techie Mister B the Shrike the Jinx Effect Bola Petunias Walla eighty one Suave Short High Customs Diabol Ed Hunter Hollow Moon Zibadian oh me um, oh I forgot to send something in John Bello okay mm, bam FTM Mustang 07 Mega Boomtastic Funky Abigail Fantastic Mr Fox Pillbox Christopher Hankey Cully 388 Jack Lollett and Spartacus Ben all need to send us uh, an email so that we can get their patches sent out to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I going to risk doing this one? And then if your name's in this next list, which I'm going to go through super quick, then you need to send us an email so we can send you your Hutton decal. decal. Shatter Mage, Wraith 488, Flossie, Marcus Ezekiel, LDSK, Koi Poo, Night Ranger, El Nevio, Overlight, Serona Cantrell, Zadok 5, Roll, Hanky, Snark 3D, Cardago, Holiday Hero, Grizzraz, Hearty, to Numenor 1379, Tau Z, Flossie 2, Steve the Red, Malice XR3, Morris 
Peter Bracey, Thomas and Nem, Suffocane, Old Guard, Skyfire, Graham, Snuggles, McKeague, the original bastard, N. Weasels, Jamie Sliman, Lou Snockers, Whispering Dave, Hugh Wood, OK, 07 Adamant, 07, Hidden Shallows, NSR2, Argon Tenace, R. Soak, Commander Wotherspoon, Kish Stormbringer, Attilus Regulus, all have got to claim their hut and deckle. So if your name was just read out at high speed, then send us an email saying it's me. Mutter, mutter, mutter. Mutter, mutter, mutter. Well, you, we chopped you in half, you chopped you in half, and we have to stick you back together again, Flossie. Did you, you stuck me back together, did you? I don't know. That's that's in the in the hands <laughs> of the, the mighty judge himself. Oh, the, sticking back together. Yeah, stick Flossie back together again, somebody quick. She's gone to pieces. <laughs> so many personalities, you don't know which one's on duty this week. So yes, I've got a big list of names there, but if you if your name just came out there and you are listening or you listen to the podcast, then do send us an email that I took part at huttonorbital.com so we can send you goodies, whether it be digital or real. So there you go. Thank you. Uh, but obviously I've already people... got decals, thank you. Oh, you've already got decals. <laughs> obviously, yes, if you already do have the decal on the commander that we named, um, then, yeah, you can't have two. You can already put three on your ship. That's greedy. <laughs> oh, it's somebody called... Somebody called Harkness has just written to I took part. I'll just delete that one. It's come to <laughs> yes. spam. You dear. You bloody dear. <laughs> oh, yes, I dare. I dare. Yeah. I'll yeah, be sending you something through the post yourself, Mr. Pond. Yeah. yeah. I, I know Hot your address. fresh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it coffee? I, I know your address. <laughs> it was coffee. <laughs> Beans. Yeah, now obviously now we we've we've given away now the Hutton mug for the win on the Hutton run. Are we leaving the competition open any further? On the basis it's getting harder and harder to scrape a win. It is gonna be really difficult to beat the times that are being set now. And yeah, and I think yeah. anybody who can beat that actually deserves to be considered. Yeah. Now what I we're gonna say is if you've you. already got a Hutton mug then you're doing it for the glory because we don't we don't issue multiple hut and mugs you know only one is needed to save you from mods so if you have a hut and mug you are doing it for the glory but if you don't have a hut and mug and you want to try and get one then i think we're going to leave that competition open a bit longer for more hut and runners to have a go at beating that time especially as bam has got the competition coming up soon yeah that would be perfect wouldn't it the if there's a winner in that lot, then I think that would be a perfect uh, opportunity yeah, that to would be good. give away yeah. one of the scarce. I think it's getting to the stage now where it's kind of luck plays a part in it and the kind of environmental conditions when you get there. It's how close you drop out to the station and, you know, what side of the station you're on compared to the pads and well, what side of the Well, some of that you can work you can out based it. on the orbits and things. I mean, you could do some real clever yeah. things and work out whether Eden's on this side or the, you know, this side or that side of the station. And obviously, it's, uh, Celestial it's Mechanics at, comes into it, it's too. Hunting, it's hunting at 0.22 or 0.21 light years for the star just now. It, well, it's, it, I think its nearest number is 0.21. It's always been hovering between 0.21 and 0.22. Yeah, I'm just wondering where it is at the moment, because this may or may not be the most opportune time, you know? If it's well, at 0.21, you really want to go for it. The January seems to be a pretty good time of year. I don't know what the cycle is, but it seems that as it fell in January last uh, year... Yeah. And January this year. January seems to be a good time of year for attempting to break the record. So it may be that the orbit of, of uh, Eden around Proxima Centauri is at the right place for record attempts. Uh, Hardy says we're currently sitting at 0.21 light years. So, yeah, the orbit is, now is the time. Yeah. just on this side. Yeah. 
So if you have, you're going to have a go, then we're going to leave the competition open. So yes, for anybody who says, "How do I get a hot mug?" you say, "You've just got to beat that time." For the moment, I'll do something amazing. Oh well, yeah, something else amazing. Um, right. Other than that, um, I'm sorry, I was going through sort of say, saying hi and bye to the team too. So, C- Commander Amelia, you're you're off to go and um, consult with the the the, the limpet, uh, the League of Lost Limpets. I think they call the them, League right? of Lost Limpets. Yes, <laughs> about your horrible neglect. Horrible neglect. That's harsh. That's a bit harsh. No, no, not, love, not about abandoning them, them, but just not mentioning all their names one by yeah. one. They they give their lives, and it is respected. I mean, it it'll is. be horrible neglect, but there's some kind of neglect going on there. <laughs> I've heard you cackling as you launch them, and it says limpid expired. And I've also <laughs> yes, heard so, you swearing that, at the ones that, that crash. No, no, I just no want comment. to check. When, when, you, when you've been mining and your yeah. hold is full, yeah. and there are two or three limpets sitting outside of your closed cargo hatch, do you sit there and decently wait for them to expire, or do you just bugger off and leave them to die as you go into... Hyperspace. I even say a little prayer. Oh. You salute them with an 07 and a... <laughs> what, yeah. What, what, is it, what is it we say to them? You're doing it all... For the mug. For the mug. For the mug. And on for that the mug. Note, for the mug. And on that note, good night, everybody. And thank you very much for joining us. We will be back with Palantir on the decks next Thursday. Is you next week, isn't it, Palantir? It is, it is. I have my finger on the button. Don't know which button. That button. (laughs) All of them at the same time, but the sounds of it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes. So, yes, um, good night, everybody. Sleep well if it's bedtime, and if it's not, have a great afternoon, and maybe maybe enjoy your breakfast. Catch you next week. (laughs) For the mug! For For the mug! Journey too long, or cargo too small. Profit margins never really mattered at all. Gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We're taking anything, anytime, anyway. Loading all the teen out to the brim with the rest for the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, everybody sing a trucker song. Flossy always seems to crash into the sun Skibble the pilot on the Xbox One Helping out the free, you know he leads us well Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody yeah For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from for the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing the trucker song. For the more, for the more, for the more. You know just.